0: Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. I'm excited this morning. So I'm going to be in 1 Samuel. And this morning, I'm going to talk on the voice you don't know. And so I'm i I would ask you, even if you've heard this story, to allow yourself to hear it from a different angle and maybe receive a different revelation. I mean, how many of you have been reading the Bible long enough that you've ever read it and went, oh, wow, I have never seen that before, or I never, heard, I never thought it was that? Because there's a lot of scriptures that we quote, in a sense, kind of out of context. We're not looking at the whole thing, the way it's coming together. And I'm really excited about this. So the voice you don't know. So I'm going to read in 1 Samuel 3, One through seven. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. Highlight that. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. How cool to be laying by the ark of the covenant. And scary at the same time, because people died in that room. So um, if you had sin that you weren't aware of, it's terrifying. So thank you, Jesus, for the cross, because I would have died several times. Um, Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here am I, and ran to Eli and said, here am I, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went, and he laid down. The Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, hey, I'm here. I mean, at this point, he's like, okay, is this like like Alzheimer's, like, because you keep calling me, and like, you know, as a young person, you're like, you're saying you're not calling me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I want you to remember verse 1 and verse 7, because that's where we're going to camp out today. It's very interesting that we assume because we're serving the Lord, and I would assume unless at the end of this service you're going to ask Jesus in your heart, which is incredible, and we want that. If you don't know the Lord, but I'm going to assume the majority of the people in here know the Lord, so you are under the assumption that you know him. You're under the assumption that y'all are tight, um, that yeah, you, you go way back, or that there is some type of relationship, and if he was to speak, you would know him. The other day I had to cancel something, um, cancel Oh, yeah, I had had to get a different vehicle, so I canceled the one we sold, and then um, I was calling to put the other one on, and we do State Farm, you know, because the commercials so great, that's what sold me, and uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, we're not that stupid, and so, but we are with State Farm, and so um, I called, and the lady that answered, I assumed was the lady I always talked to, because her voice sounded that way, so we're chit-chatting, and I go, guess what, we adopted, and she goes, this is not Velda. It's like she knew, I know who you think I am because she's like the friendliest lady in the office. And so I had made assumption that the person I was talking to was the person that I knew, but it wasn't. She said, but congratulations anyway. I felt really weird, you know, because she didn't know our whole story. Velda did. And so, yeah, and I I just, because I have to tell everybody everything when we're on the phone. Because, I mean, if I'm going to have to be on the phone with you, we're going to chit chat about life, okay? Okay. And uh, my daughter does the same thing, but it's really bad right now because she did it to Brian yesterday and I was so excited because every time I go to the store, if we're standing in line, she'll go, hi, how are you? My mom's a pastor. We have never asked her to do that. We don't know when this started. This was like a couple weeks ago. So Brian said literally yesterday, he's at TJ Maxx and a woman just like passes the whole line and just gets in front of them. Like there's six people in line. And Jay just kind of looks at her and she goes, hey, how you doing? My dad's a pastor. So all of a sudden she was like, oh, hey, was there a line? And the lady behind Brian was like, yeah, it starts back there. She goes, well, I think I'm just going to stay here. (laughs) Brian's like, she'd already said I was a pastor. There was nothing I could do. I had to smile and be like, of course. I mean, the last shall be first and the first last. I mean, it's great. And Jay is like, have you known pastors? Have you known them in your life? So our daughter, she's just she wants to let everybody know everything. What's so interesting to me about this scripture and this passage was this. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord. So what we would categorize what we just did today is we just ministered to the Lord. Coming in his presence, worshiping him. But then in verse 7, it says this. Samuel did not know the Lord. I'm confused. So... Samuel was sent from his mother to go and live with the priest, to be trained on how to be a priest, which in those days would be like a pastor, and that's all he did 24-7. That's all he did all day long was to know who God is, why we do what we do, then we do this, we sacrifice this, and yet the scripture said, he did not yet know the Lord, And all of a sudden, it hit me. That's why we have churches filled with people that are worshiping and don't know God. They come into church, and they do the part. I can lift my hands. I can sing the songs. But when it comes to an intimate, knowing relationship with God, if he was to call my name, I don't know if I would hear him. The problem is a lot of us don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit that we don't know the Lord. But do we? This is what the word know means to be aware, to be informed, to recognize, to understand, to be acquainted with. And see, I think part of the problem is we are not aware of when God is moving. That's why in some services you will see some respond and some not, because some are aware of the presence of God coming into a place and some have not gone there before and they feel something but they're not aware of what they are experiencing, what they are feeling. And here is Samuel, that's all he did all day long. And yet we think showing up for an hour and 45 minutes on a Sunday is good enough. Is enough for us to know the Lord. When what is so vitally important is our personal time with Jesus. See, Samuel had done all the ritualistic stuff, and Eli was doing a great job teaching him this is what you do. Like if somebody said you were new, hey, you're going to walk into those doors, and usher's going to help you find a seat, then the worship's going to start, you're going to worship, you're going to lift your hands, and then when the preacher preaches, it'll go faster if you amend them, and we're not here as long, so do that. You know, whatever they say, be like, yes, that's awesome, you know, and amen corner, you know, that kind of thing, and then we're going to leave you, smile, and you get all the ritual down, but you miss the one we came to visit with. You miss the one that we're called to know. What I love in Philippians 3.10, and we love that scripture so much that me and Brian, when we were youth pastors, we named our youth ministry 3.10. Because it was cool back then to have your youth ministry with numbers. I don't know why. It's biblical because there's a book in the Bible called Numbers. I don't know. That's just what we went with. But Paul said, for my determined purpose is to know him. This is a guy who had an encounter with the king of kings like no one else. And yet, years later, he's still saying, it is my determined purpose to know him. To know everything about him. Even in the moments of his suffering, I want to know that part. Our hunger and desire for God has got to be at a place that I want to know him. I want to be aware of when he's speaking. I want to be aware of when he's moving. Children are incredible at this because our kids in the children's ministry and stuff, will hear them say, oh, let's pray for this person. Let's do this. Jaylee, we were worshiping in the car, and she goes, mom, I don't know what happened. I just teared up, and I said, that's the presence of God. Recognize it right now what happened. I mean, I didn't say it to her that intensely. I'm just saying because I'm preaching right now. I'm real intense. You better recognize. No, I wasn't. But I was saying recognize this moment right here that you're feeling the presence of the Lord. I didn't go, oh, that's so cute. No, because I want her to recognize and be aware of what just happened. And so many times in church services, we don't let ourselves be aware because a lot of times we don't want to go there. Man, I want to keep myself kept, but I, am, I, am, I, I want to look like I've got it all together. I want to hold this thing together. And God's going, you are a mess right now. One of my favorite songs, years and years and years ago, Stephanie Gretzinger, one of the first videos that ever went out of hers was this little excerpt from a song where she started flowing, and she just started saying, I'm a mess, I'm a mess, I'm a mess right now, so come fix me, fix me. That's all it was. I played that thing in this sanctuary for 45 minutes why I wept because I thought I'm given permission to say that's where I'm at right now. That I'm a mess. That something is not right. That I need to give this to the Lord. And I think we get to a place where we just think we know him. You know, I went to, um, Carrie Job was doing a concert. I won't even say it was a concert. She did a worship night in Tulsa and a couple of us went to it and they started a song and she stopped the whole song. I loved it and she said, you know what? I'm going to stop it right now because there's too many distractions in the room right now. You don't do that at a concert, but you do that when you're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And she began to speak to disappointment. She began to speak to people that had lost hope. But the problem is we lose hope because we don't know who we're serving. Because if we can remind ourselves that he's all things and that he has it all worked out, then all of a sudden we hold on to something so precious so I, I will say this this morning, and you need to write this down. We can worship him and still not know him. Because I think we feel safe if we worship. Well, I mean, I worshipped, so I mean, we're tight. And I'm even going to say this. I have led worship not being in the position of knowing him the way that I should. Because you can rely on your own gifting. You can rely on your own knowledge of who God is. Have you ever talked to people and you know you have a knowledge of the word of God but it has not taken root? Like you are talking about pride and yet you have the most pride I've ever seen. Like you know what I'm talking about? The pharisaical, you know how to pray but there's something wrong with your prayer. Something's not right. Those are people that don't know the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think a lot of us have gotten there without knowing That were there. And I would encourage you in this too. When I look at the scripture, and he keeps going back and he keeps going back, that I think it's not enough to hear, you have to actually heed when you hear the voice. What does that mean? Pay attention, take notice. The first night that I met Brian, I had no problem heeding to what he was saying on the stage. I was locked in, why? Because I had met the most ravishing hunk of male flesh I had ever seen in my entire life. And yes, I asked for the mustache if there's gonna be any questions. I love it, and I said, please, for Mother's Day, I don't know if it's like because of my age and it's a Tom Selleck thing, I don't know, maybe some of y'all don't even know who I'm talking about, that's fine, but I was like, babe, I have one request for Mother's Day. He was like, seriously? I was like, yes, but then people were like, oh, he wanted that, and his, listen, his first name is Harold, so the mustache, it's all right, it's your name, it's, it's all right, and that, and so when we're older, we're going to go by that, he, I'm going to go by my middle name, so he's going to be Harold, and I'm going to be May. See, it works so perfect, so yes. Were you seriously, like, trying to keep that, like, a secret for your whole life? Really? Okay, All right. Please, no one call him that because then I'm not gonna have a happy Mother's Day. Okay? It just kind of came out before I processed it. So, I love you. He just, okay, he's mad. All right, cool. So, um, what was interesting also about what happened in this story was when you see Samuel running to Eli. Understand when when you sometimes hear or feel a shift, you run to what's familiar. But the problem is, we're not all running to some priest that's been training us. We're running to what's familiar, and that could be insecurity. We're running to what's familiar, and that can be, that can be issues within our family, or we go back to unhealthiness in the way that we process, and the way that we think. We run to what's familiar. So immediately, even though all Samuel was doing was learning about the Lord, he ran to what was familiar, And and that is so concerning to me because I think to myself, how many times when something goes wrong, we, I'll give you an example. So this morning I was supposed to sing a third song I was struggling with the song. So when Courtney started flowing, I just told her, I was like, oh, you just keep going. (laughs) No problem. We don't even have to go to my song. And I was like, you just keep flowing. But my, my thought process when I was not doing it well went to insecurity of I am having issues singing. And again, why is this happening? And maybe I shouldn't. And so all of a sudden insecurity was the voice that I was familiar with. Because at times that voice is louder than the voice of God. The week that we had revival, and it began to turn, I had laid in bed on Saturday night, because I've just been under, I'm I'm trying to, I'm cleaning some stuff out, so I'm sharing a little bit, and I remember laying in bed and thinking, I'm going to cut that song. The one song we sang the whole time for like an hour, and Brian didn't preach, I was, I showed up Sunday morning to take that song out, because I was not feeling confident in my ability to sing it. But I heard Holy Spirit, and thank God I heed it, and he said, is it about you sounding good or releasing the song that the people need today to hear? Because you're so worried about how they'll hear your voice, you're not even thinking about what they need to hear from me. And when he said that, I realized how many of us hold back. We, we see somebody and think, oh, I don't want to walk up to them and tell them this. They're going to think I'm weird. I'm going to tell you something. No one's going to think you're weird if you come up to them and you say, I don't, I, I don't know what's... Uh. I just have to tell you something that the Lord put on my heart. I've actually never had anybody mad at me. We had a waitress that was waiting on us. And, and I remember just taking her to the side. And I said, I want to thank you for how you served us today. But I just heard God say so loudly that he hears you and that your cries are not in vain. And she began weeping right there. Another restaurant did the same thing, said something different, crying right at the table. People are desperate to hear what God is telling them when they cannot hear And if we don't allow ourselves to be the vessel to share, to say it, we're missing out because we're so worried about our own voice that God is not being heard. Well, I don't want people to think this, or who cares what people think? Are they getting you to heaven? I mean, at the end of the day, do they have any say in where you're going? And yet we allow the opinions of people so much to get in our head and so much to bother us that we don't realize what God is truly doing or what God is truly saying. And he said, I want you to know me. I want Because when you know me, you will speak what I need you to speak. And what I love here in the scripture, so I'm going to go to verse 8, and it says, the Lord called Samuel again a third time. That's where they get uh, three times the charm, but everybody doesn't give it the credit to the Bible. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, I want you to go lie down. And if he calls you, you will say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I am acknowledging, he, he was telling you, you need to acknowledge that you hear him. You know, I, I think so many times we are not at a place where we're allowing ourselves to acknowledge or that God is even speaking to us. The enemy does such a good job at making us think he doesn't really want to talk to you. Surely that wasn't the Lord. If you have a thought and the next thought comes that's probably not from God, that, God doesn't talk like that. He doesn't talk in third person. He won't say, that probably wasn't from, he would say that wasn't from me. He would not say that's probably not from God. If you hear that's probably not from God, I'm giving you, this is like the easiest thing in the world. It's the devil. God tells you, hey, I want you to give this. Oh, that's probably not from God. Really? God is just totally against giving. Oh, he wants me to go talk to him. Oh, that's probably not God. Really? Because God doesn't want somebody's life to be touched. God will tell you and speak in his own language to tell you, that's not me. But when you hear a voice, you need to acknowledge it. You know what's really interesting to me too is when Samuel did hear... The voice of God. And Eli said, I want you to go and do the." Eli did not say, oh my gosh, you need to get a bunch of stuff prepared. God's getting ready to speak to you. So I need you to get on your knees. I need you to lay prostrate before him. Put your arms out and just begin to pray in tongues as loud as you can and receive everything. Then flip yourself over and say, God, now come speak. No, he said, I want you to go lie down. Because I believe that God waits till you're still to speak. We are so busy doing so much, trying to figure out, trying to figure out, how do I hold this all together? How do I do this? How do I do this? And God says, I'm waiting till you're still. That's why the Bible says, be still, I mean, it's a command, and know that he is God. Two things we're talking about, being still and knowing him. But we're so busy. And listen, good things are not always God things. I think so many times we think the devil's gonna come and distract us you know, with, hey, you wanna go sell drugs, and you're gonna be totally like, oh yeah, that's not the Lord. But sometimes you're saying yes to every single family member that needs you that your own family is suffering. Sometimes you're saying yes to everything that's not your responsibility, and yet you're negating the very thing you are responsible for. I have sat in places with people that are married, and the one thing they give no time to is their marriage. I remember one time sitting with a couple, and I could feel they were very ministry. Like, we, we'd use this ministry, 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 and I said, you guys are going on vacation this year? And this is what she said to me. I've been married to him for 30 years. I don't need to go on vacation with him. And my heart is broke, and I was like, you mean you don't need to spend time within this relationship, this glorious relationship that you've been married for 30 years and honor the gift that God has given you to sit back and say, God, after all these years, this gift, this you made for me, and that's so sad to me, but people think because they're so ministry-minded, oh, then it's gonna be fine, and God goes, your first ministry is what I gave you. And we can get so busy, and I'm not saying, listen, serving, all those kind of things, it's incredible and it's needed but you've got to make sure you've got stuff the way it should be. You've got to make sure that you you are making time for the things that matter most. Jaylee knows we take a Sabbath. Jaylee is very aware of the days that, that because I like a very organized home. And so she's very aware on the day, even Kat will say, hey, you didn't vacuum three times today. I'm like, you stop it. So, because I just get that little Dyson out and I just go, it's Hannah's fault. She told me to buy it because she said it was amazing and it is. So I just go around the whole house with it because it's real quick and zipping it out and I love it. But then I just use it too much. And on my Sabbath, I don't, do, I don't do laundry. I don't clean. I don't do anything. I just sit and I'm with my family. I just sit and we'll go on hikes and we'll go on a picnic and we'll go do stuff. Why? Because we're just sewing into what matters, You know, we coach Jaylee's soccer team, and God bless Brian, because yesterday, I, I just looked at him a couple times, and he was like, I am saved. I said, yes, you are, baby. Yes, you are. People are watching. And so, one of our girls kicked the first goal into the wrong team, so that automatically, I mean, you would think the rest would be like, oh, yeah, let's ignore that. No, they give the other team a point, even though you're struggling anyways, And so when they, when, when Millie made a point yesterday, when she finally did, there's this video of Brian and he reaches down the ground like he's LeBron and he picks up as much dirt in his hand and throws it up in the air, just like we had won the championship. And I'm like, it was one, one goal, but he was just excited. And I tell you, we do this because Jaylee is so a part of our lives. We want to do something that just has to do with her. Are we great soccer coaches? No, we don't know what we're doing, but we're having fun, but the kids don't either. So it shouldn't matter. Because it doesn't matter what we tell them, they don't do it. They had this little kid playing on a team yesterday. She takes the the ball all the way down and then does this and kicks it in the goal. And I was like, what is this? Like, we don't, we don't, I was like, who's their coach? But the rest of the team was awful. And so, but she, she got all their shots, just kept going down and going down and going down. And she was doing trick shots. And what I love is Jaylee went up to her and high-fived her and said, that was amazing. (laughs) And I was like, that's right. She's like, I had to appreciate that. I'm like, that's true. You know, I appreciate that. If you guys ever watch UFC, don't email me, okay? So I like it. And so at the end, a lot of them will shake hands like, yeah, I was kind of against you, but man, you knocked me out. So I got to show you a little, little respect for that you knocked me out. It's kind of at the end of that, you have to give that and have to say, okay, you did something good. And a lot of times in church services, I think we see certain people receiving something for the Lord or getting something, and we're almost angry that they got something. We're almost frustrated. But you don't know what they've gone through to know God. You don't know what they have faced to get down on their face, and they said, God, if you don't show up today, if I don't feel you today, if I don't hear you today, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so many times we think God is skipping us over, and God's saying, no, if you will be like them, when the woman with the alabaster box came and she poured it out and everybody wanted to make fun of her, Jesus said, no, more of you should be like this because she had had a revelation of who he was. That's what happened for her. She knew this is who he is. And I cannot veer from this because I want to know him. Our determined purpose has got to be to know him. Our grandparents, and maybe yours didn't, but our grandparents fought a price for us to hear the voice of God. And what's very interesting, and I heard somebody point this out, was it's very interesting that God is saying, he is calling out, yet Eli never heard it. And I think that you will hear the older generation say, I I know how to tell you how to hear God, but I don't know what's next. I'm not seeing it. And, and there's a generation that's rising. We have to make sure they can see where we need to go. And we have to speak truth so they can see it. Not that the, the older generation, they heard and they know. But with Eli, it says that his sight kept him from seeing what he needed to see. And then Samuel comes in there and Eli goes, wait a second. If you keep hearing this voice and now I know you're not crazy and now you know I'm not crazy, it's God. And you don't have to do anything but lay down. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. What is different? The Lord came and stood. The moment that Samuel said, God, I want to hear what you have to hear, the Lord came and stood. See, We want to see God in a way we've never seen him. We want to understand. We want to perceive. I want the spirit of God to stand where there is no, I'm not even questioning that he's speaking, but he had to get to a place where he stopped and he said, your servant is listening. I'm not saying to go home and say these exact words so that you can hear the voice of God. What I'm saying is when God speaks, stop ignoring it. Quit talking yourself out of it because you're going to something that's more familiar. You're going to dysfunction. You're going to other things instead of waiting and saying, okay, God, I want to hear what you have to hear, what you have to say. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears will tingle. And on that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning to his house. And what you don't know is Eli's sons had been just doing all kinds of things in, in places where they weren't supposed to do it, into the, the priest's homes and different things like that, and God was bringing a rebuke to Eli's house, and yet speaking it to Samuel. But what I feel like in these moments when God speaks, and God really took me this, and this is what he said to me. He said, the enemy uses his voice to distract. God uses his voice to direct. And I believe there is such a distraction right now in this day and age. I think there's such a distraction to what I feel that social media has become a distraction. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to read my Bible, but I'm going to look at Facebook first? Don't do that. Because you are lost in a black hole that you cannot get out of. And all of a sudden, you're looking 35 minutes later, nothing changed your life. You're now irritated at people that you thought, thought the way you thought, and they don't think the way that you think. So now you're irritated, and you think to yourself, how are they even saved? And you're going through all this process in your mind. Instead of, you could have just gone to the Lord and been with him, and he would have given you words of wisdom, not words of rebuke on Facebook and your status bar. What he's going to give you is what people need. But the enemy loves to distract. It's what he's been doing. It's what he did in the garden. He distracted Eve from doing what she knew to do and said, hey, are you sure? And begin to distract her when God had already directed her. God has already given you guys direction in your life for your family, for purpose, for the things that are to come. But the enemy continues to come along and distract you. You know, we'll have people email us and say, oh, do you have this at the church? Do you have this at the church? And we're very careful to say, we have to do the things that we know that God has called us to do. You know, we can't look at every other church and say, oh, they have this, we should have this. Oh, this is working, we should do this. We don't copy. Now, other churches will do some of the same things because they're hearing the same Holy Spirit. So don't miss me on that. But we're not looking at other people's strategies. We're getting strategy from heaven and heaven alone to say, God, what, is it, what does it look like for this, for these acres back here? What are you needing? What does the community need? What does that look like? Because everybody has their, has their ideas, but in our mind, what do we put in place that will absolutely change the community of Centerton? Not make Reach Church bigger. See, that's not the goal. The goal's not to be worldwide and world known. No, it's to come into a city that God's called us to and change our city. That when people leave, they feel something, but when they come back into Centerton, they feel something. There's, there's, there's a covering, there's an anointing. I don't know what it was, but my leg hurt, and then I came into Centerton, and something in the car, something began to shift in my knee, and I don't know how that happened. Why? Because there's a presence in this city because we've taken ownership of this city. And the only way you do that is to know above everything else the voice of God. And you have to. I mean, Brian will say that all the time. When God's given him ideas about something, he'll say, okay, I'm old, I know this is God because this is too crazy for me. I know this is God because this terrifies me. And I believe there is such a, there's a gift of faith in this church. And I'll explain it this way. Every time we've ever made announcements or we've ever decided to do something, something happens after that. I remember right before Easter, and because and, you guys probably don't go to our 11 o'clock service because you're here. The 11 o'clock service, there, it was like we would start worship and there was like 15 people, which is fine. I mean, I've done that in youth ministry for years but it would feel awkward from the nine o'clock. So when we were getting ready for Easter, Brian's like, we're gonna set all the chairs and just leave them out. And me and Brandon, I looked at him and I was like, that's gonna be real awkward for the 11 o'clock service, but I you know, I was gonna honor him. Since he set the chairs out, we've had no problem. It's been filled. And I, I just realized the other day, God was like, there is a gift of faith in this house that it just, when you do something that I've asked you to do, I show up. But we cannot allow the enemy to distract us. We have to be aware of the voice. And I believe The voice of God is one of the voices we don't know. And it's so vitally important because I'll go in moments and go back and think, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I listened to that. That was God. I'm so glad I didn't shift something because of my insecurity or my own failures or my own worries or concerns. And I listened to the voice of God. But do not leave here today thinking because you showed up and you worship, that means you know him. Because this passage tells us He was doing it all day long, ministering to the Lord and yet did not know his voice. And when God speaks, and it is, it's a still, small voice. And I think that's why we're supposed to sit still when we hear him speak. In those moments where he can say, you've been crying out for an answer. I've had one for weeks. I just need you to listen. And listen, he doesn't do things the way that we do. He just doesn't. I mean, I have learned that through our, Struggle with getting children. His time is not my timeline. How he does it is not. But when I just sit back and just think, God, you had this whole thing so intricately planned out. And listen, when disappointment comes, God responds. When the diagnosis comes, God responds. But you got to know his voice so you know he's responding or you think he's silent and he's not. So many times people will tell me, man, I haven't heard God in weeks and I'm like, he's talking. I I, I I think I said this to youth kids one time. You have to take out spiritual Q-tips and you need to clean some stuff out so you can hear the voice of God. God is always willing to speak, always. Man, this morning, if you'll just bow your heads with me and I'm just gonna pray and Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come fill this place. And God, we, we ask you that we wanna hear your voice. God, we wanna know you. We want in an intimate way. We wanna understand that you're speaking even when we think you're silent. And God, this morning, make us aware. God, let us pay attention that we heed that you're speaking. And God, we're gonna start laying down the things that are distracting us from spending time with you, the things that are getting in the way. That God, we're not gonna try to do our quiet time when we're in five o'clock traffic and so frustrated with everybody that's driving and we're so distracted, but God, we're gonna find that time where we can get away with you we can just sit in your presence and God, you know how busy our lives are and, and you have a perfect way to figure out what that looks like and, and how that's going to be. But God, I thank you that we're going to find ourselves with so much joy because we're hearing you. God, we're not hearing podcasts. We're hearing you. We're not hearing other people's voices. God, we're hearing you. What would you say to us right now? God, speak, speak for your servants are listening. Holy Spirit speak, for your servants are listening. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you are in this place and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you have, but you've walked away in a sense. Sometimes we just decide, I don't want him to be Lord of my life, or we made a decision when we were little and we don't really feel feel like it was that That commitment where we know that we know that we know. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand for me. I want to walk you through a prayer. So if you'd like to accept Jesus this morning, just lift your hand quickly for me to see. We're going to pray this prayer. If you'll pray this prayer with me, because it might be online, so we're going to do it and say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Help me hear your voice. Help me know your voice. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe it in this place, let me hear you say amen.